So my daughter was about nine years old. She said, I need an allowance. And I said, okay, I think that's a great idea. And she said, what have I got to do? And I gave her, you know, yeah. pick up your shoes, do all that stuff. And, and then she asked what I was going to pay her. And I gave her a number and she paused and she looked at me and she said, I can't work for that. <laughs> <laughs> the negotiation started early. You know? Hi, I'm Todd Farmer. And I'm Sam Wright. And this is What Should You Ask? So, Todd, do you remember like the first time you either took out uh, or opened a bank account, took out a loan, dealt with dealt with a bank? I do. It was 1985, and I wanted a Honda 80 moped. Okay, <laughs> that's what I wanted more than anything was a moped. It was, whatever happened to the moped? Um, I rode that thing. I bet I put. 5,000 miles on a moped. Where did you ride it? Well, all of my friends lived in about a four-mile area, and then I got my first job up there umpiring baseball. At the at ball Con- No, at Concord. Ah. There were two ball fields, and I would ride my moped up there to get my $15 or $10. I think it was $10 at the time. For a game? To, to umpire games. I do remember getting my first ATM card where they had that little fake computer terminal at the desk and they would rotate it around and you would stick the card in and set up your PIN number. Um, I remember that. God only knows what happened to all those old little machines. But the number one best piece of advice I could give to somebody for trying to get into good financial shape is to set up a savings automatically. Set it up automatically. It is the absolute hands down best thing that I have ever done where each month a certain amount of money gets taken out of my account and gets put in somewhere else, whether that's a savings account or an investment account, there's no look. It's, it's automatic. The second step of that is it's not just I'll use that the last week of the month that you, you learn to live on the, the 90 or the 95% essentially. And no matter what, you don't take money out of that account. Yeah. Unless the house is on fire. So talking to kids about finances can always be difficult. I feel like, I don't want to say mine are a little aggressive about it, uh, but like my 10-year-old, soon to be 11, wanted me to buy him two bikes so he could ride one and rent out the other one. Nice. Um, I refused to do that. Um, But, you know, talking to kids about finances, because there's a fine line. I don't want them to worry about money early. But I do. They need to understand. They can't get the sixty dollars fillet, right? Well, you've got to you've got to set the expectation. As far as like owning a, we own a law practice as well, and so the financial tips as far as small business owners, the the best thing because Todd and I, we both started. I started a law practice, God, over fifteen years ago that was solo, and you've started a practice before many years ago. I guess the best advice I can give to somebody is to save up enough money. That's going to get you through uh, without you having to worry about dollars coming in. The one thing I've seen in the 20 years that I've been doing this is everyone has bumps in the road. And you can't set your budget based on the good times. 
you always have to have a reserve so that when we have a downturn in business or the pandemic shuts you down for 90 days, you've, you've got a little bit of reserve put back to get you through the lean times because we're all going to have them. Yep. And the other, the other piece of advice for somebody who wants to start a business or continue to operate a business is to track, 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 track big things. Um, and then once you track big things, track small things. Make sure to join us after the break. This is What Should You Ask? Life doesn't stop just because you're injured. In fact, life keeps going on around you and gets tougher. If you find yourself incapacitated or otherwise unable to go about normal life because of an accident, it's time to talk to attorneys Farmer and Wright. Don't delay. The sooner you file your personal injury lawsuit, the better. Farmer and Wright have helped people just like you get compensation for their medical bills, lost wages, property damage, and other costs. Fight for what's yours. Talk to Farmer and Wright today. Go online to FarmerWright, that's right with a W, dot com. Today we've got a special guest. We've got Dean Owen, and Dean is a CPA and a financial advisor who I've relied on and talked to for many years Dean, how long have you been uh, in this business? Uh, it's a little over 20 years. I think we started kind of start our careers together and started helping each other out. It's just, it's worked well. In our law practice, we deal with a lot of clients that are struggling with their financial situation. And I thought it'd be a good idea if we bring someone on just to ask them what kind of questions people should be asking themselves. When somebody walks into your office, let's say they've had a bumpy financial history, right? And so they walk into the, to your office or even a new investor, like a young person, What's the first thing you talk to them about? Uh, generally, we try to give them an education. What does investment look like? How do you do this right? Uh, there's a lot of secrets in the investment world that the investment world really doesn't want people to know, and they need to. Uh, one of the most important is that there's multiple standards of care. Now, you guys have got to do everything you can for a client mm -hmm. legally. Yeah. A doctor has to do everything they can, do no harm. Uh, as CPA, I have to do everything I can to help a client. The investment world's not that way. Most of the time, they fall under what's called a suitability standard, which means there's a standard of care. As long as they're not hurting that person, as long as they're doing something positive for them, it's okay. So, for example, under a suitability standard, I've got a bond and it's paying 8%. Mm -hmm. I can sell it to you away. You get 3% and I get 5 And then when you call me on it, I go, Sam, what is wrong with you? The banks are paying 0.5. You're getting 3% six yeah. times what the bank's paying. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's a legal standard and it's acceptable. Yeah. I don't think it should be, but it is. When someone comes in and you're talking to them about investing, what kind of questions people should be asking themselves? Fund an emergency fund. That's really important because if you've got an emergency fund and your washer and dryer go out, you've got a washer and dryer problem. If you don't have an emergency fund and the washer and dryer go out, you've got a washer and dryer problem and a money problem. So it literally compounds every problem you have. So fund that money. When, when you talk about an emergency fund, and we hear this all the time, I, give us some practical the, the listeners some practical advice on how much do they need to have an emergency fund? Realistically, a, a month's worth of income. Just a month's put aside so that you can go to and get, if Friday night the wash and dryer goes out, you can go to Lowe's and get a new one. Uh, something to that effect. But enough so that you don't have to worry about the roof needs repairs or something comes up real short order and you need cash. Tell me about real life budgeting. Like what you've seen as a CPA, how somebody could get to that emergency fund. The Yeah, if you look through all of your expenses, there's on almost everything we're doing, there's a way to do that less expensive and not give up quality. Can you give an example? Our cell phone service. 
Okay. There's cell phone service providers that are a third to half the price of your big brand names. They're riding on the big brand names to carriers, uh, but they're just, you don't hear much about them. So if you go out and searching for that cell phone bill, you may be able to cut our bucks out of your monthly budget there. Okay. Uh, grocery stores. Yeah. I, we go to Aldi's because it's significantly cheaper and the food's quality is good. We're big Aldi's fans yeah. here at so, our office. Yes. So you think you just look down your budget and look at where your money's going and ask, can I cut some cost here without sacrificing quality? Nobody wants to live in a you know, a shack with dirt floors, obviously. Yeah. You want to drive nice cars and have nice things. But do you really need that new car this year? Can you, or can you put that off? Um, you know, having the, the paid for mortgage, the paid for car payment is now, you know, the new standard of wealth. Right. And having stuff, you know, but you can generally look through your budget and find ways to cut costs significantly. Let's say someone's, they've done step one. What is step two? Look at retirement accounts. Because one, they're massive tax savers. It's the best tax break there is for the middle-class America is your 401ks and your IRAs and those type of plans. And oftentimes, if you've got a workplace plan, not only are you putting money in, the company is too. So if you're able to put in 10% and the company matches six, you've got a 60% return on investment immediately. It's unbelievable. That's probably the best guaranteed return you can yeah, ever it get. Is. It is. It's phenomenal. And you add on top of that, the tax savings, uh, it's, you know, it's exponential. It's a way to to grow, grow and build wealth. So looking at that, looking at your tax bracket, you may need to talk to a tax professional and figure out if you're in the 12% bracket, you're probably looking at the Roth option and go ahead and pay your taxes now and be done. So then that money will grow tax-free forever um, or until you need it. And then, you know, that becomes, if you've got the Roth option, you've got the option to pull that money out for your kid's college. So there's a way to pay for college if you need it, or you can pay, use it for your retirement. So you've got some options. So that's definitely always step two, and it's a critical, important step. And if you miss that one, you're probably going to be in trouble. When you're looking at their budget, are there certain things in your budget that you tell people you need to cut? Um, we do. And uh, one couple in particular I think of, they're up in southern Illinois, and they live on about $35,000 a year, and they're extremely happy. Now, that's very rare. It's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it does take about $50,000 a year for a couple to live in Western Kentucky if they've got no debt to be comfortable. Um, and there's a, there is that saying, money doesn't buy happiness, but poverty does buy misery. So you've got to figure out how do you at least get to that income level. And if you're, not, if you're struggling with not getting there, we need to look at different jobs, additional jobs. You know, do you really need that bass boat or can you move it and get it gone? Because not only did he, is that a asset that represents cash, it's also a liability because you got to pay the insurance and the tags on it every year. Uh, and let's be honest, if there's if you're struggling with being unable to afford basic living costs, we need to give up those luxuries and get ourselves back in a situation where we're making enough money where we can afford those. You know, one of the hardest discussions that I've had with people um, is car loans. Car loans are a cars car. feel. I, I, it seems like it is the like number one thing that Americans cling to. We love our cars, absolutely. I love mine. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple that I really cherish and enjoy, and I think we all should have nice cars. But at the same time, there are things more important than that, like feeding your kids. Yeah, and you <laughs> yeah, know, I don't. Yeah, yeah. That that having a nice car. I think we should all have nice cars. We got to feed our kids first. Yeah, and you know, people do. They have, they struggle with that. That's something we need to. Learn to back off of and say, you know, if I got a five-year-old car that's reliable and it's a Toyota Camry, it's getting me where I need to go. It's still a nice vehicle. It's still reliable. The luxury car can come later. Would you have this discussion with my wife about her minivan, please? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about saving for college, 
uh, elder care, and maybe even some estate planning. This is What Should You Ask? Social Security Disability is supposed to be a safety net. It's supposed to help people who are in great physical or mental distress. But Social Security Disability is frustratingly difficult to navigate. And that's where Farmer and Wright can help. Attorneys Farmer and Wright are experts at helping people just like you get the compensation you deserve. If you or a family member are having trouble getting Social Security Disability benefits, contact Farmer and Wright today. Online at FarmerWright, that's right with a W, dot com. Welcome back. I'm Todd Farmer. And I'm Sam Wright. Thanks for joining us on What Should You Ask? So we've got Dean Owen joining us, um, answering questions regarding, um, we talked a little bit about savings, about emergency funds. Then we talked a little bit about investments. Now we want to talk about some specific stuff. First, we'll talk about college financial planning. So you know, saving money for kids in college. And I, Todd's got one just going I, into the tunnel. So Yeah, I've got one that's a freshman. So you have the person, they come in, they're a young, young couple. You get them, you get them, get their emergency fund set up. You've got them saving a little bit for retirement. Then you look up one day and they've got two kids. They're little. When do you tell people they need to start saving for their kids' college? Uh, once they've fully funded their retirement accounts. So emergency fund first, fully fund your retirement accounts at work. Then we start looking at auxiliary savings. Uh, There is a 529 plan, which is specifically designed for college. I usually recommend fully funding your Roth first because the 529 has to be used for education. The Roth can be used for education or it can be used for something else. So the Roth is more flexible, but you get the same tax treatment. Uh, So that's once you fully funded that retirement account, then we need to start thinking about the kids' college. Another thing a lot of people don't realize is the really big league Ivy schools are begging for diversity, which means kids from middle income America. So rural areas, you know, people, we don't think of ourselves as a rural area, but uh, I've had a couple of friends that have gotten into some schools and I think they're uh, coming from this area was a big factor in their admission. Absolutely. They're begging for kids from middle class America, rural income America. To get a diversity of opinion, a diversity of thought, and there's a lot of grant money available. So don't be afraid if your kid wants to go to that really high-dollar school. There may be some really good options. There likely are. If you've got kids that are going into college, make sure to tell your CPA or whoever prepares your taxes that you've got somebody in college and you, you guys can keep an eye out for tax breaks, right? What do you recommend about parents taking out large student loans to help their kids go to college? I'm sure you've had that discussion Many times. I'm a big believer that the student needs to take those loans in their own name. And that puts some pressure on the student to perform. It makes Skin in the game, as I call it. Exactly. Make sure they've got some skin in the game. Now, if after they've graduated, mom and dad want to help out, that's great. Go ahead and do that. But make sure that kid feels the pressure, some of that financial pressure, to make sure they're getting everything they can out of school. They're making wise decisions. Because if you're willing to pay for me to go to school, I may go get a basket weaving degree. If I got to pay for it, I'm going to go get an engineering degree or an accounting degree. And putting some pressure on that, letting those, you know, we're not raising children, we're raising young adults. So I actually expect them to be young adults and make adult decisions and put them in a situation where they have to make those tough decisions. And then again, after they've graduated, after they've done the right thing, after everything's worked out well, if you want to help them with the school debt, so be it. But don't mess that opportunity to put some pressure on there and do a lot of real world teaching. Tell me about the discussion that 
you're having with clients that are in that middle age area? Yeah, a lot of times, you know, kids are a cash flow crisis looking for a place to happen. That's just the way, that's the way it is. So a lot of times it's not until the kids have gone from home and they've started to get on their own. Mom and dad finally have money to start putting away. And if they haven't been able to fully fund that retirement account, now's the time they've they got to hit it hard yeah. because that typically is our, our mid forties, late thirties at, at the youngest, uh, late forties, typically the oldest. If they've still got a number of years to still hit that retirement account really hard. And if you don't start hitting it right then and you put it off several years, you won't make it. In our law practice, we see clients who struggle with the cost of caring for an aging family member or mom or dad. They're trying to figure out how to get care for them. So what kind of advice do you give people for estate planning? Yeah, we see that a lot. We call it the sandwich generation. You're still taking care of your kids and now you're going to take care of your parents. Okay. Um, One, there are some products in the marketplace that do a really good job with helping that. If you can squirrel away some money early enough, that will provide some really nice long-term care benefits. Uh, if you've got access to money to do that with, uh, there's some new tax credits coming out for helping take care of elderly p- uh, parents. So that's okay. in the new tax bill that looks like it's pretty bipartisan. It will probably be part of it, but that is a big struggle. And it's a big cost. And, and what we tell people is you oftentimes don't get to make a lot of decisions. If you can still care for mom and dad because of their health, then you'll care for them in the home. But when they get to a point where you can't, there's no more decisions to make. The decision is which nursing home do they go to, not if they go. And big numbers, big, ugly discussions. But you also remember when you go to a nursing home or you go to a long-term care facility, my dad, he had about $4,500 a month in retirement income, and the nursing home was costing $5,500 a month. So we had to come up with about $1,000 a month. And his investments didn't stop growing. His pension didn't stop. His Social Security didn't stop. So paying for that, while painful every month, it was not catastrophic. And for many folks, it won't be. My mother-in-law, she passed away at one of the local nursing homes after 12 years. So there's different stories here right. how long you're going to spend. But for many folks, paying for a nursing home is not as catastrophic as they fear. You know, we had that discussion many times about nursing home care and paying for elder care. And unfortunately, uh, people don't have that discussion until it's they're on the eve of an yeah, admission. Yeah, and they're trying to like talk with their their parent and their parents not even cognitive anymore. And you're like, parent, I got to take your car keys away. And they're wondering what day it is. Any like hot tips that you have seen with estate planning gone good or gone bad? When my parents passed away, it was complete and total utter chaos. There was nothing done. Uh, And we spent six months cleaning up a barn, trying to get documents. Just, it was a mess, very emotional. Uh, Great way to cause the siblings to fight because you may have two kids and they're both really trying to do the right thing, but they have a difference of opinion on the what the right thing is. And dad's there. He's the only one left and doesn't have uh, the cognitive abilities to get any questions answered. So, you know, for mom and dad, having an estate planned out, uh, having the wills done up, having the power of attorneys done up, letting the kids know what their final wishes are and what their wishes are in case they're not able to make decisions is the absolute best possible gift you can give your children. When my mother-in-law passed away, there was one decision to make, and that was where do you send money instead of flowers? Every other decision was made, and it was an amazing gift to my wife and her siblings. Dean, if 
if someone wanted to get a hold of you or get a hold of your organization to get some advice, to go through these steps, how do they do that? Uh, just check us out online. It's owencpa.com, O-W-E-N-C-P-A.com. Okay. Jump online. We've got a newsletter that goes out. Uh, it's pretty informative. Uh, one of my right personally, and then there's some marketing stuff, but it's all good stuff. So if somebody wanted to get on your newsletter list, like to get, because it's free, right? Right. Absolutely. Free, free information that people can get. They can just read. I guess they can go to their your website and sign up for that. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. ONCPA.com. All right, Dean. Thanks for being here. Absolutely, Dean. It was great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So we got some good advice there from Dean, but he said something that I'd never heard of and thought about. He said, fund your Roth IRA first versus your 529 plan because I didn't realize you could use that for education expenses. if you needed yeah. it. But if you did need it for education, you could, you know, kind of leave it there for your savings. Yeah, that was good advice. The other good advice generally, I thought, was the, you know, because my wife and I both work and because we're saving, trying to save up money for retirement. We're also trying to help our kids out with school. But having the kids have an interest, have some skin in the game in college, I think is pretty important. I think it's a good idea. If you like what you've heard, make sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to where you listen to podcasts. If you loved what you heard, then leave us a review where you listen and tell anybody that we're at whatshouldyouask.live and we'll see you next Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we ask what should you ask about life topics, so make sure you come back to hear about what we're asking. What Should You Ask is hosted by Todd Farmer and Sam Wright. The producer is Jennifer Caldwell. Visit whatshouldyouask.live to download additional episodes, suggest a future topic, or get a free book from the host. The information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as legal advice on any subject matter. You should not act or refrain from acting based on any content mentioned without seeking legal or other professional advice in your area. The hosts, guests, and sponsors remove themselves from all liability for actions you take or fail to take based on any content in this broadcast.